Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hi, this is Claire from Yacht and Omni Reboot, and you are listening to Nerdy Show. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap, and with me in her Nerdy Show debut is Nerdy FM station manager, Lauren Furs. Hi, guys. You may know Lauren from her music because she performs under the moniker The Fifth Sister, which is also the name of her nerd music blog, one of the more prolific nerd music blogs on the web. So welcome, Lauren, to Nerdy Show. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being here and joining me for this special occasion, because uh, we're going to talk to one of my favorite nerd music groups in all of the genre, Chamber Band. Now, if you've been listening to us for a while, you might recognize the name Chamber Band. Perhaps you heard our original interview with them at, with their debut record, Deities, back in 2013. Yeah, that's pretty much how I first heard of Chamber Band, was through Nerdy Show. <laughs> that's awesome. That record was a loose concept record in that all the songs, though they were about emotional human themes like love and heartbreak and betrayal, were set in the world of Dungeons and Dragons with some known deities and certain referential remarks. And this new record, Careers, is likewise set in the world of Hunger Games. Now, I don't know anything about Hunger Games other than that it's a book series that turned into a film series and people make a lot of comparisons to uh, Battle Royale with it initially anyway. But I know from listening to Deities that uh, my lack of knowledge of that particular corner of the nerd world won't be an impediment to these songs breaking down my psyche. But Lauren, you do know about Hunger Games. So I guess in brief for myself and anybody else who maybe isn't truly familiar with what that series is all about, what is that series all about? Like you say, the main comparison with Battle Royale is that it is a bunch of kids in an arena battling to the death. But the difference with Hunger Games is that it's the government that is forcing them to do that. There are 13 districts and one girl and one boy from each fighting to the death with only one winner at the end, except at the end of the first film. There is a slight rebellion where there are two winners and that spurs on the rest of the series as the government doesn't really like that. Now, is it done? Has the narrative of Hunger Games, much like Harry Potter, ended? Yes. There's three books, four films, because they've split the last book into two, but that it will be it for the films and for the books. And as someone who's familiar with that series, what was it like listening to this chamber band record? It was 
a lot different than I was going to expect. Now, I'd heard the first album and wondered whether or not, you know, Chamber Band would fall into the kind of pattern that a lot of nerd artists do. I mean, D&D, it isn't a set narrative. It's based on what you play individually, but Hunger Games is a set narrative. The story's completely outlined. And I wondered whether or not it would be a concept album that was the story of the books from start to finish. Completely reference-heavy. If you were a Hunger Games fan, you'd love it, but if you weren't a Hunger Games fan, you wouldn't have any idea what was really going on. But I'm really happy to see that Chamber Band didn't fall into that trap, that they made a concept album that is both subtle in what they're talking about so that anybody can enjoy it. You can sit and listen to it with friends and you don't have to worry about, oh, they're not going to like this. They haven't watched that film yet. Oh, they're going to watch it and it's going to contain spoilers. None of that. It's entirely about the feelings rather than what's actually happening. Yeah, it, it cuts things to the core, which is what I, yeah, I love exactly. about them. They're really good at that. They can put you in a person's shoes, but you don't necessarily need to know or have experienced what that person's feeling. They manage to hit you in the gut every time, but you've not got to go out and fight to the death to experience what's going on in that song. We're actually going to go through the entire record with Chamber Band, which is quite an adventure. This interview was originally recorded for a Nerdy FM album listening party, which is something we do where we play an entire record either at its debut or just before its debut with artist commentary. And so we are very pleased to do that for Chamber Band. We won't be playing all the tracks in this podcast, but we will be playing some of them. And uh, of course, you can find out more about Chamber Band at chamberband.com and on their Bandcamp and hear all the songs there as well as playing on Nerdy FM. But uh, never fear, much like you don't need to have read Hunger Games, you don't need to have listened to the album to get the gist of what is happening in this interview. If you're curious about the songwriting process, adapting things, crazy stories from the road, then uh, you're going to want to uh, join us for the rest of this episode and hang out with Chamber Band. So let's meet the band. I'm Ellen. I sing, play keys, and dance with Chamber Band. <laughs> I'm Chris. I also dance and play guitar and sing. I'm Asar. I play the sounds of the ocean via guitars and synthesizers. And I'm Sam. I hit stuff and occasionally take my shirt off. Anthony is not here. We're but... missing an Anthony, but he plays... He plays the songs of the this... earth. Yeah, songs of the earth. He's yeah. a shaman. He's a shaman, for sure. <laughs> shaman, for sure. And together we're chamber band, Voltron yep. tonight. Voltron. Guys, it is a pleasure to have you back on Nerdy Show. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah we're so us. stoked. Yeah. It's been a while. Oh my it, it has been a while. You've been on quite the adventure. You have a crowdfunded record, and it's all based on Hunger Games, yet just like your previous record, Deities, it does not require prerequisite knowledge of the said backing material because you have spoken to the very human soul itself. Thank wow, you. thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah, I feel like the references of the Hunger Games are just kind of like yummy little morsels for people who are aware of the franchise to kind of hook into and get excited about. But for us, it's really about the stories that go into them. Yeah, less about name dropping and more about thematic the things. Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually at a bit of a disadvantage when it comes to Hunger Games, but Lauren fortunately knows much or possibly all. <laughs> yes, I've read the books and watched the films. 
So I assured Cap that you didn't really need to know anything about it, but it is really clever how little or subtle the references are in the songs that I can pick out because I've seen them, but I can listen to them with a friend and they'll still enjoy the songs. Good to hear. That's kind of what we're going for. (laughs) Success. Yes. All right. All right. When you guys were coming off the back of Deities, what brought you to the notion of, yeah, let's do Hunger Games? Were there multiple topics you were pursuing? The thing is, like, we made one concept album. Right. At that point, we weren't like, okay, now we're a concept album band. So we easily could have veered into just like, all right, that we're was gonna that. We're going to just do like feelings. Yeah. But I think that, you know, the same thing with the deities, it's easier for me as a lyricist to write within the context of a world. It's the same thing. And like when you're a vegetarian, it's much easier to order at a restaurant because you have limited options. <laughs> Instead of having like a whole menu, you Whoa. can pick only three things. For me, having you know, a uniform... <laughs> you know, you just blew my mind. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I was never vegetarian. I was pescatarian, but it's the same idea. <laughs> but it's true. It's, it's true. Like, when you're in a universe, you know, you're kind of not hamstrung, but you can't talk about certain things or the universe lends itself to certain themes and ideas. And for this... My girlfriend gave me the first book, and she said, this is much better than you think it is. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'll, I'll read it. Kelly has no interest in, like, giving me fodder for a concept album. She just wanted me to read it. But then, like, you know, after reading it, I think we started talking about it and just saying, yeah. like, this is interesting. This is something to kind of look at because not only is The Hunger Games very close to, like, America now, mm-hmm. but it's also a lot of the themes about in it are, are very close to what we were all kind of going through as a band. Yeah. Struggles with money jobs class yeah what are we gonna do and it's also like that like forcibly growing up you know like i mean i know for me at the time when we were working on it like i just graduated from college and a lot of us i mean we span many ages in the band i won't go into details but no please yeah there's a relationship that we have in both of our albums to like kids and that idea of growing up and like the different Mm -hmm struggles that kids deal with like in yeah. D, there is the whole like creating a world as an escape and mm-hmm. in hunger games it's like you're trying to uh, escape the world escape the world <laughs> that you're in you know you're trying to just like fight that world right that's cool that's a yeah. connection i've never i've never i like that a lot for sure we're very smart and very smart. <laughs> you guys have to pat our backs a little more so we stop doing it to ourselves. We'll go, we'll go down that oh, wormhole. Oh, no, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> with the album, with the track listing, is there a direct narrative strung throughout it? Or are each of these sort of vignettes of places and time within the world of Hunger Games? It's kind of interesting that you ask that. I think it, as it lives, it is a series of vignettes. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. we did toy with the idea of structuring it like one narrative, like as though the listener is walking through these worlds as a through line. And at one point, Chris and I, there's like a long email chain of like careers, the sound play. Oh yeah. Where we like kind of came (laughs) up with this whole narrative as to what the listener is going through as they listen to every track and what their soul experience could be. And like, what's the scene for each song? Like, how do they get there from the last one? Like, what's the transition? Yeah, we scrapped that. So. <laughs> I mean, in like producing it, it stayed in like the sound palette of it. We definitely had songs that were like for the capital and for like the rebellion. You know, the capital songs are bigger and a lot more just like 
lively and show tunesy. You know, like brassier. songs like yeah, brassier, yeah, all the songs with horns. Shinier. Are like the shiny capital songs and like the Red Bull songs are like acoustic or vibier or just like darker in texture. We definitely try to keep those two worlds different. Yeah, I think in the end, it's always towing that line between having the concept stuff really work, but then also putting the music first. And in the end, after a lot of different track orders were suggested, we kind of went to one that really um, made the transitions as smooth as possible and really walked the listener through that whole world. Well, then let's start the journey with Baker's Boy, the first track. <laughs> so, Woo! The first thing for me about Baker's Boy is that the story of this whole Kickstarter and this album is that we went out to this barn and recorded in a barn. So Baker's Boy is one of the few songs where you really are in that space. You can tell yeah. for sure. where we are. And that is like, I think one mic. Really provides the atmosphere. Yeah, it was yeah, just one mic and you room, and I on. Only one you and I singing together and you playing the acoustic. It was all at once. Like that thing was recorded totally live. And um, you see the intro to All Pro Code. That's what's crazy to me. Oh yeah. That was like the hardest decision to make on the sequencing side. Yeah. Yeah, Baker's Boy was once a prologue. But now it's the prologue to everything. Yeah, it's yeah, just the beginning. It's, it's the beginning. Peter, right? Yeah. Peter. It's the same thing as like Sleep Charm for me. It's, it's just like a really yummy melody that just lives on its own and, and is almost nicer because it's so short. Mm-hmm. It leaves before you're ready for it to Sleep leave. Sleep Charm Coda? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the whole thing was it's kind of like out of sleep. I mean, whoever is listening to deities in your career is like, you know, knock on yeah. wood, there's someone out there that's doing that. But <laughs> it is kind of like you are doing you that. It eases you into a new world. It's called it Sleep Charmed. Sleep Charmed? Yeah. Like the show? <laughs> oh, Sleep Charmed? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. With uh, Alyssa you know, Milano? Oh, my God. Oh, I used Milano. to watch so much Charmed. <laughs> so this song is about Alyssa Milano. <laughs> 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 if you're listening, you. Alyssa, we love you. Oh, we love you. So the next record's going to be a Charmed record then. Right, uh, yeah. Charmed. Yeah, that's what we're for. yeah, you know, if not, we'll go to Buffy this way. <laughs> Don't even do that to me. I'm with it, man. I'm with it. And the next song is Victory Tour. That was the first that's song, that, song that, that we rehearsed that we for careers. Done. That was like, that set the Well, mood. besides careers. Besides oh, careers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Victory Tour was like the first, like, this is the new album. Right. This is the song. Yeah. And I remember when Chris showed it, it was at a band practice, and I was like, this is the craziest song I've ever heard. Like, how are you? <laughs> I was like, Chris is off his rocker. Yeah. <laughs> well, because at that point, it was, it was just me doing bump, 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 and Chris going, ba, 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 <laughs> that's the whole goal is it kind of feels like you know those like wooden roller coasters you get on yeah. you're like this could just this whole thing could just collapse at right. any moment yeah. like totally fall apart <laughs> yeah we wanted to kind of maintain <laughs> that feeling of it being off the rails yeah. that's yeah. always the one that drives people crazy Last time we hired that shit, there were people just kidding each other. It was, it oh, was yeah, mosh pit. Yeah. Don't do that, guys. Don't. Don't mosh. No violence. No violence, please. But what about a happy mosh pit? If you're happy moshing, it's just like so, hugging people oh, sure. <laughs> who are yeah. into it. I'm down with square dancing at Chamber Band Show. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's just always some 10 year old there. Oh, yeah. There's always a smack. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, safety first. Yes. <laughs> That's our motto. Yeah. <laughs> We're the coolest rock band on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> first, guys. I mean, the song for me is about the speaker is this just total arrogance, total self-centeredness. <laughs> I'm not coming home to you unless I'm, you know, a celebrity. So it's supposed to be played with that kind of pomp. It's supposed to be like in your face. I really don't care what you think. So I'm, I'm glad that the song kind of captures that energy. <laughs> I love that. 
You have a great laugh. Thank you. <laughs> this is where we all start flirting with Lauren. More <laughs> <laughs> than happy to kick this off. Where, where, where do you live, Lauren? <laughs> <laughs> your girlfriend, like, Three questions prior. I'm just hoping she lives far away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you live, Lauren? England. Oh, what? oh, that's why I asked. She's got an accent. Oh, that's you do have an accent. Lit. That's far from here. I've never been to Europe. Europe sound. Yeah. I've never been to uh, Europe either. My God, I would. What's the first thing I should do? Like, what's the like the best thing to do in England? Yeah, what's the best thing to do in England? Probably go and see the Queen. Best see should queen. be top of your list. Right, see the right, queen? right. Oh, I would love to see. Is so, the Queen? The so she do we, like can she we just like in. call and make an appointment? We're like, hey, yeah, yeah. I'm sure she knows who you are. Oh, good. I'm sure she's a fan. She likes the Hunger Games. She's gonna love careers. Yeah, she puts on Hunger Games. I think so. Wait, wait, what? What? I just mean as a as a from from what little I know of the series, like I, I know as a monarch, certainly she's made her oh. subjects, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the invitation to come out and oh, stay sure. and stay, stay for with free. you anytime, anytime. Thank you so much. All, <laughs> all right, next song. Okay, What's next after? song. Uh, Courage. This was this song well, was is called Moradin. Yeah. Yeah, there's a version of Careers that is called Moradin, which is about the god Moradin. It was originally for deities. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Chew yeah. on that. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I've, always, I've always, like, Chris plays some piano so well. I sometimes just want him to, like, Ben folds it out on there. Like, I think that was the first Chris thing I've like, ever seen Chris is, like, secretly Ben folds. Yeah, Chris is low-key Ben folds in, like, gross. blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks so much. Blonder <laughs> hair. Blonder, yeah. Strawberry blonde. Oh, but this sure. song, like, really spoke to me with the album. Because, like you said, we were all going similar, like money struggle, like job struggles, creating it. We had to decide: is this going to be our career? Even during the victory tour, we were talking about like, why do we do other things when this is easily the most satisfying thing we do? Yeah. And like, I don't know. Whenever I listen to or play this song, it's like turning to careers. Like, this is what we should be doing. This is what we want to do. This is what we do. This is our career. It always just hits me in this way. And recording it was the hardest one too. Oh my God! So many notes in that song. We, we wrote a really hard song, guys. <laughs> Never again. Yeah, we know, let's, let's go easy on ourselves. No. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I like about that song is there's only five of you in the band, but if I was to hear that for the first time and not know who you were, I would think I would walk into one of your gigs and there'd be like 20 people on stage just playing nice. that one song. It sounds massive. Thank you so yeah, much. No, I, I think when we when we recorded the album, I remember you saying, Chris, there's sort of a push and pull because like Anthony, he's not here. I'll speak for him. He prefers, you know, the very sort of raw, very real, just live performance kind of style. And then the rest of us, I think, are in varying approaches to that. Come from different backgrounds. Yeah, different musical backgrounds. But you said, Chris, like the album should be sort of the best possible version like yeah, we played the best, the best live, show the best ever, show ever. Like, then what would that sound everything. like yeah so yeah the best show we would ever play would have like a full horn section and you know multiple backup singers and yeah. guitarists so yeah that's what we went for a canon yeah a canon yes yeah. an actual canon canon and victory so shout out to anyone to find it free t-shirt <laughs> To the what way? One person. The first person person who finds out where the cannon is in Victory Tour. Isn't it obvious? (laughs) Oh no, it's not. (laughs) Damn. (gasps) Never mind. Let's Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Let's hear that title track then. See if you can pick out the cannon, if indeed there is one. This is Careers by Chamber Band.
must adapt into the time. I see no crime. Next track on the record is All Propos. I love that song. Yeah. What, what do you like about them? I love that song because. <laughs> you had a moment where you realized what it was really, about. You got really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, okay, so Chris wrote the lyrics to this song. We actually went through a couple of phases of lyrics for it. And I was like, Chris, you got it right the first time. This is great. And singing it probably for the first three months we had it in our canon, I was just so into the melody and i was so into the structure of it and i just had a lot of fun just discovering where it was in my voice just like from like an artistic standpoint but it wasn't actually until we were like at the farm and recording it for careers that i really realized what the song was about it's just like a really sad song and it's really dark 
And it's actually, I, th- I think it's one of the darkest songs on the album where it's a very much putting on a face through the pain, putting on a face through whatever you're dealing with at the time, because according to everyone else, you're doing better than fine. So what right do you really have to be upset is what I gathered from it when it really sunk in with me. And now, like, you know, ever since that realization, the song really carries a different weight for me because it's so peppy. And that's something I feel like really is exciting to me musically is like having really, really peppy melody and like really sad (laughs) lyrics. People are like really, like really love the song. They love dancing to it. No, they love (laughs) dancing to it. It's so poppy. uh, It's so poppy. And then they listen to it and they're like, oh. oh." (laughs) Duality is one of the natures of horror itself. I mean, hey, let me look at uh, Every Breath You Take, song about a uh, a psycho stalker. Yeah. Plays at weddings. Semi Charm Life is a super bummer song. That Jackson 5 song. What's that song when headlights? Oh, yeah. Is that a sad song? Yeah, I can't listen to the original version of this song anymore. It's like... Let's talk about One Headlight, the uh, the lone cover on the album. Well, it's no, two, it's two covers. covers. It's two covers. What? Get out of town, kids. Where- I didn't realize One Headlight was a cover until about a week ago, and I'd pegged the other cover. That's really cool, though. That's, That's what amazing. we want. We oh. hope with all the covers that we do that we uh, make them our own enough that people forget that they were ever a different song. Not yeah. saying that the original songs are worth forgetting. I mean, oh, they're sure. like all really good songs that we're inspired by and that's why we like cover them. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Ideally, they go back and they just set fire to all copies of the old songs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just find them all and set them on fire. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Jake, like, yeah, you erase it from history if you yeah. can. Right, right, yeah. More in the sense that like I've seen people during the Victory Tour or people have commented that they start singing along to One Headlight specifically and then don't realize how they know the song already. So yeah, that, that's dope. a cool reaction. Recording yeah. this song was like one of the best experiences of it was my life. Shit. It was the most Amazing. beautiful thing. Yeah, it was, it was not meant to be on the album. We talked about maybe doing a single or a bonus track, but we ended up loving it too much. Yeah. yeah. It actually really mm-hmm. like shaped the way that we approached the rest of the tracks on the album after yeah. we found a mix that we liked with this for track. Sure. We remixed everything after we had this. It was like very definitive for it. But it's fascinating because we wanted everything to be in this universe. And then In a Coliseum was a song that was, well, you know, I'll skip ahead, but it was chosen for us. And One Head Up was a song we decided to just cover. Yeah. But when you look at them lyrically up against other songs, there's nothing that really bumps. There's nothing that really that takes you out of it. Right. One headlight specifically, is, at least, wow. seems to me about about young love and loss. And that resonates, I think, in the world of the Hunger Games. And yeah. I mean, I've said this before in a lot of conversations when people ask us about this album. Is to me like this like world that we've created is adjacent or within the world of the Hunger Games. But to me, it's not about the Hunger Games. We're living in a world parallel to it. And like, if you were in Pan Am and you were like in a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. You were just walking around like this is what would be on the radio. You know, like this is what you'd be listening to as like a teenager in Pan Am. And that's what gets me excited about this music. Had you all read it or was this something you came into after the fact, some of you? By the time that I think the end of Victory Tour Abernathy had been read, I think everyone f- had been written. Everyone felt like they had to read the books. I had read them already. You yeah, were, yeah, yeah, I had, I had read, read them already. already. My little sister gave them to me. And then maybe Anthony was the holdout. Did Anthony read them? I don't know. Let's say he I did. did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the side of him having ready. Do you guys have any kind of a book to film preference when it comes to Hunger Games? Book, hundred <laughs> percent. I love J Law. Love her. 
I think that the film on its own is great, but if you compare it to the book, it's like, I don't know. It's hard because Hunger like, Games was so good to me, though. Like, like the first, the first one. yeah, the movie first one. Movie. I think the first movie was just like it's mm. actually one of the best. I, no yeah. I do like the movie of the first book better than the book because I feel that. the first book. Yeah. Here's the thing. So then the day you're reading a, a book told from a 16 year old's perspective, so you're like you're fucking being a teenager. <laughs> there's some points where it does get a little like okay, all right, okay. There's two people who are in love with you, and you need to like make a decision and stop being so indecisive. But I think. Mockingjay and the second book as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really resonate with me in a different way than the movies did. Yeah, the book, yeah. the books of those two like, are just like apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. That being said, there, I think it's a pretty faithful adaptation. Yeah, yeah, totally. And the casting is, is, is great. Yeah, you could do much, much worse. But if if you if the question is, are these based in the world of the movies, the world of the books? It's the world of the books. Mm-hmm. Up next. Love left. This is yeah, interesting for sure. I love the process of the post-production process of this song. This was like the like R and B track. You know what I mean? <laughs> we rehearsed this and wrote most of this album in a room not unlike the one that we're in, which is a square room that barely fit the five of us. So we we're just kind of like hanging out in there and writing the songs. And Ellen comes in and said, "There's something I've I just wrote." And basically, yeah. you just sang it a cappella, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I think were, there was some sort of like. I like, yeah, I usually compose on piano and I just was like, I like written it on the subway and I was like, I gotta like fucking sing this for you guys. And you did. I did. And it was, I think we were like, okay, can we just record that? Really, it was just trying to figure out how to get back to that moment and not have instrumentation that distracts from or pulls away from just how beautiful and simple the song is. And the performance that you gave, I feel like, really just does it so much justice. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's my favorite beats I played on the whole album around oh, that song. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I do a lot of iterations of that song, too, which is cool. I feel like that song is a beast of the moment. I think that it can be a lot of different things, because at the end of the day, it was it's a melody. And I think that the melody can be manipulated in a lot of different ways, which is why I'm really excited to hear like how people remix it and what people do with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. do. the dubstep remix is going to be nice. <laughs> oh, <that's a> <laughs> yeah, we're releasing it. Love Left as a single, and along with it, we're releasing it with like a few remixes of like really incredible producers. They're just like They're awesome. going to town with Ellen's vocal and just making it amazing it's gonna be the best that is a real thing to expect whereas the dubstep might oh. be some kind of twisted fantasy i mean if somebody decides I, to dubstep I mean, yeah, it, then that's gonna yeah. happen that out into the you world. know we hit up these producers um aero city is one there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
of um, um, mutant groups, another one like with these guys up. Um, Whamu Papers. Whamu Papers, yeah. There's a bunch of people, and we were just like, we like what you do, carte blanche. You know, here's the vocal, yeah. do your thing. And whatever they come up with is whatever's going to happen. <laughs> there might be a dubstep one. I don't know. I wouldn't, Who knows? I wouldn't say no. Well, that's rad. Stay tuned for that. Uh, next up is In the Coliseum, which I've just learned is a Tom Waits track from Bone Machine. One of the few records of his, I don't know. Lauren, you knew this was a cover? I knew In the Coliseum was a cover when I was listening to one of the live videos at work and my boss started singing along. <laughs> and I That's was like, how do you know this song? And he told me, the, like the first few listen-throughs, it just blends so well with all the rest of the tracks on the album that unless you know the original, it's not painfully obvious. Yeah, it was funny how we ended up doing yeah, it, it like, because yeah. we we're playing a show at the uh, now defunct uh, R.I.P. Rest in peace, goodbye, Blue Monday. Yeah. One of the best venues that was in New York. Oh, so good. It was a uh, yeah, really funky, like super narrow. Like people talk about railroad apartments. This is like a railroad venue, but like awesomely decorated. And they would do this thing where once a month they would have a night where it was just themed to a certain musician or certain band, and then they would have all various local bands from Brooklyn or wherever cover one song by that act. Like, and one album yeah they would assign you a song so we ended up with this song in the coliseum which i didn't know did you yeah, guys I know, know it? it i didn't know it. my tom waits was later tom waits so yeah i had to go back i had never heard in the yeah. coliseum so yeah we listened to it and chris and ellen got together and that was the first and, performance i ever did with you guys that was, oh, yeah. that was the first ellen's first, first song we that was my together. first yeah that was the first song we were together yeah. i remember having a recording of us writing that song together and being at Sir Lawrence to see, I think, a Sister Wolf show. Mm. And, I played that night. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and you. And being outside yeah. and listening to it and just being like, oh, my God, this is the future. Like, this is so crazy. <laughs> That's so this cool. This is so nice. <laughs> and I was like, wow, our voices blend in a cool way. Yeah. And I was like, I get to yell with someone. That makes me excited. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the recording of that was also a lot of fun. Oh, so oh, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, the energy was crazy. We all well, we did it as normal first, right? Yeah. And then when we when you did the vocals, that's when things got crazy. Yeah. So the vocal performance is done simultaneously with the rest of the band, who also just have random instruments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are making all sorts of crazy sounds. I had the one man band thing that it was like the, the, almost sick. like a pogo stick contraption. So it had like a spring on the bottom and a cymbal on yeah. the top and like <laughs> a random string you would pull to make a I also got sound. To play, I got to play a tom at one point. Or yeah. That. I yeah. got to just like Anthony had the didgeridoo. Asar yeah. had the melodic. Oh, yeah, I was playing melodic on that. And so yeah, that vocal take has all those random sounds in it and inextricably. So so yeah. it's like, well, that's the take. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it has our lovely uh, engineer Eric Tate at the end coming in with his. Yeah. It was on his It was on his iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was like the last song we did, and we just like went. So ham. It was yeah. like the last night we were at the farm and it's amazing. I think somebody recently said to me, it sounds like, you know, you you guys are all just in there dancing and having a great time. I'm like, well, because That's we literally were. Literally yeah. 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 That's like five shots of espresso. Yeah. yeah. A lot of espresso. And we would be remiss if we didn't mention 
we said Eric's name, but Eric Tate and the farm. Mm. It, this is all possible because of that amazing Eric space. Tate, yeah, yeah, Eric Tate is an amazing human being. And yeah. the farm is Played amazing. all the trumpet place. on the album. Yeah. Yeah, he went to town on that trumpet. Right. Yeah, he was like, Magic he took us to Trumpet Town yeah. and Magic the Gathering. Yeah. The end of this song, for me, transitions us into the back the rebellion. Half of the album, or a yeah. different. If you want to talk about it, there's not a narrative journey, but there does seem to be like a thematic journey at the end of that song where like you're in like a different headspace for sure. So the next song would be The Nut, right? Oh, The Nut. Yeah. This is my favorite song to listen to. This the Nut is, like, is my favorite song. Of all the ones I come back to, it's just like... That's funny. Oh, it's the smoothest of tunes. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily like an Easter egg, but just a, just a fact. <laughs> I like that song. There was like an alternative rock version of it that we used to play live all the time, like mm. almost like brand new at the end. Mm-hmm. It was dope. But I love the way it turned out. Yeah, it's really nice. I got to play the, the tiniest drum I've ever played on that song. How tiny was it? It was smaller than a beer. <laughs> I, I, measure, wow. I measure everything by size of beer. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, smaller than a beer bottle. Bigger than a beer can. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that nice sweet spot. Yeah. yeah. Those things. Yeah. Uh, I remember trying to change the name of this song for a really long time, but... You didn't like it being called The Nut. I mean, I just... That's what I call it The Nut. That song, to me, is one of the most... Hunger Gamesy. Did that song kind of leap out to you as being a little more overt? Yeah, I was listening to it earlier and was picking up on things that I hadn't really thought about Mm. previously. Like I said before, that's the beauty of this album is that everything's so subtle in ways that I've listened to it four or five times and I'm still picking things up that I haven't heard before. <laughs> you just touched all of us. I'll just lie down. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the complete novice in the dark, what is the narrative thread for the nut? The nut is a mountain and I try not to give too much away because it is a pretty climactic moment in the series. But there is a choice that's made in which a character that's close to the protagonist kind of makes an extreme choice in war and ends up killing a lot of people. So that song is from the perspective of that person describing when they think they kind of lost it, when they lost their mind, and maybe trying to rationalize or say why it was the right choice or whether the, you know it was a choice at all. Wow. Yeah, powerful stuff. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so that then goes into more powerful stuff, I think. Is old enough the next... Yes, the next old enough to die. You guys are giving each other head rubs now. Yeah, Ellen is scratching my hair and it's amazing. I can't concentrate when you guys rub each other. Right. You want to switch places so you can... Or just give me a head rub. Okay, that's cool. Um, old enough, for me, it was the hardest to record and create on the album. Just the arrangement of it changed up until the final hour of doing it. Yeah. We went through so many iterations of like how we want to actualize the song. What it's about is so intense. Yeah. It's a protest song. It's the furthest we've veered, I think, into uh, having songs that are kind of like introspective and about our lives and being about something that's kind of outside of us, bigger than us, commenting on society as a whole. And it's really uncomfortable for me to do that. But I think, I hope, that we were successful in kind of walking that line and you know, only speaking our truth about it. But yeah. I don't want to go in really into the specifics of what it's about or what it means, but uh, it was definitely a difficult song 
to write. It was a difficult, difficult song, song to record. It was and a difficult song to record. It was a difficult song. It's almost a difficult, it's a difficult song, song to, to listen to. It's a difficult yeah. song to listen to. Yeah. Not that it's, but it's at the same time, it's one of the songs that I'm most proud of. Yeah. Oh, you should be. That like performance um, makes made yeah. me weep the first time. The like the constituents part. I was just like, damn. Well, I think this song is where you kind of really get into the soul of the album. I mean, you've had all the fun of Victory Tour and careers, and suddenly now you're sitting there weeping, listening to The Knot and, and Old Enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> was, was there any consideration with that when you did decide what the order of the songs was going to be? There was a yeah, version of the album was... where he, we had all the bummers at one go. <laughs> like, I mean, I think we definitely structured it in a way that if we think of it as the capital versus the rebellion, a lot of it is like grin and bear it. And then you get to the nut and you get to old enough. And it's like, how much longer can you really bear it before you break? Yeah. That's really, <laughs> I, mean, I think in the Coliseum is the breaking point. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, we're literally killing each other for sport now. Like, what <laughs> is happening? It takes a dip, and I think at, at the end it kind of swings back up mm-hmm. in energy. So, yeah, we, we tried to pay attention to that dynamic. Representing the heavy part of the record, this is Old Enough by Chamber Band. My boy lost his Since a tiny tot of two Had no sense of place Another night, an empty bed Just pulled the wall over my eyes My little killer hauled away Against the Bed just pulled the wall over my eyes. My little killer hauled away. He guessed that he was old enough to die. Die. Old friends sit with me and call out all the callous comments. Talking on TV and I hum Soft and slow The song you used to sing We used to sing Wait for them to go
brings family things Another night, an empty bed A closet full of coats to cry A little killer hauled away Guess he was old enough to die Oh God, I dreamt the other day they had come I guess that he was old enough to die The end don't matter cause he gave him a rhyme I guess that he was old enough to die On to the next song, Abernathy, which we premiered in the first episode of our RPG miniseries, The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. If you haven't checked that out yet, just head to nerdyshow.com slash theater. Abernathy! Abernathy was like... I forgot that this was here. I always forget. Abernathy's such a light in my life. It's such a dark tune. It's about regret, Mm -hmm. I would say. Someone looking back on the past, on a relationship that they had that is no longer there... In the book, the person is dead, but it doesn't have to be that for mm-hmm. you. At least it isn't for me. Yeah. But there's also, there's also a lot of um, substance abuse is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. We had a beautiful, like, very New York moment when we finally, like, actualized the song. It was in your patio when you lived in Oh, yeah. In that was yeah. when we, like, finalized the arrangement of it. It was like a patio, but it, there were four walls surrounding it and like mm. a bunch of apartments surrounding it. And we were playing this song really loudly on like makeshift instruments that we had in Sam's apartment. Yeah. And we were being so loud for like <laughs> 10 p.m. on like a Wednesday or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Didn't somebody shout? Yeah. Somebody yeah. shouted out the window like, yo, that was sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went like that. Knew, like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 we played it four more times. Yeah, <laughs> you still love it now. <laughs> you don't love it. Take the album, you idiot. Yeah. Just take it. Let's do it a million times. Then a Kickstarter. Does that take us into oh, um, a box? This we started writing in Maine, right? Anthony wrote this riff, right? This is yeah. a riff he's had since the beginning of his soul. He would say, yeah. This is like this riff. He says it's just like him in notes. So yeah, when, it, when Anthony gives, you know, hands over a riff, he has certain things attached to it because he doesn't add anything lyrically. Actually, I don't even really cares about the lyrics. Usually mm-hmm. he, doesn't so. listen, he listens to most of the music. Mm-hmm. But for this song, all he cared about is that it had some sort of feeling about the woods. Yeah, like walking through the woods. Walking through the woods. So we tried to honor that in the lyrics. And it's one of my favorite songs because it is kind of a transformative song. You're at a much different place at the end than you were at the beginning. Yeah. It's not kind of standard pop tune. There's no yeah. hook, really. Yeah, the hook is then just that riff. We did this great performance of it on the Victory Tour, just like in the Redwood Forest and uh, a little by the barrier while we were driving to LA. And just like doing that then, it's just like, this is what this song is. You know, when you feel yeah. like you capture it so well. I'm giving it back to the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. In the trees. Do it in the woods, yeah. Yeah. That's really yeah, cool. Shout out to the Redwood Forest. Yeah, if you're listening, Fern Redwood Gully. Forest, we love you, Redwood Forest. <laughs> Big ass trees. Now, was yeah. was that performance exclusive to the the trees themselves? I mean, did you turn an iPhone on and like pick up some of the sounds of that? 
or anything? We actually have a video of it. We have yeah. a pretty a pretty damn good video of it. We yeah, do, but during be... the Victory Tour, we did a lot of just like pop-up performances wherever we were. A lot of like GoPro videos in the car of us playing these songs. Mm. Yeah. Videos in the woods, among like mountains, on shorelines, <laughs> just a bunch of things like that. Yeah. That we'll probably put out. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of content on the way. Yeah. Yeah. And we're sitting on a lot of stuff, so if anyone wants to be the Chamberman archiver, you know, <laughs> you know, and put together some sort of scrapbook when this is all, you know, <laughs> 20 years down the line. Right. We might have the dopest cover ever. Yeah. All right, just sitting on it. <laughs> so then Avox leads us into... Ignite. The finale, Ignite, yes. Ignite is also one of the oldest songs in the album, actually. I brought it to the band around the same time that although careers is like the oldest but i brought it i think around the same time as victory tour mm. originally solely on piano and there were a lot of drafts to it as well but i'm really happy with the way that it turned out i think it evolved into something that we could all rock out on and that could really I- ignite you know like <laughs> at that point <laughs> Yeah. Where kind of everything just goes to shit and explodes. When the band comes in and ignite, this is one of the proudest moments. It's a real. Sure. It feels it's very like cathartic. So it's like a yeah. It's like yeah. a climax. And that song to me is a very personal song that I feel like that will resonate with a lot of people. You know, the idea of wanting to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. The idea of wanting to sacrifice yourself to save the person you love and walk away from something because you know that it's the stronger decision and that it'll save you both in the end. And when I started writing it, you know, I was like, this is so much of the Hunger Games world. And then it ends. And then, and then, it, ends. It, ends. And then it's over. And then you just have no choice but to hit rewind. Hit rewind or pop the 80s in or... or, or <laughs> Do you start, like, hold your teddy bear, like... Yeah. Fetal guy. position. Get in the fetal, fetal position. Fetal fetal position. I call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> the ignite was actually the first moment where the let it burn part when the band comes in like i was listening to that song with her when that happened she was like proud of you and that was the first time she Aww. said that was the first time she said that Mama Sar. Oh, i was like it like completely destroyed my heart Oh my god! That's beautiful. Oh my god! That makes this whole thing worth it. Oh my god! That makes me feel so good. Wow, guys! <laughs> yeah, there we are. That was a That's tremendous. That just made journey. that song even sadder for me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I think we're much happier people now. Oh, for sure. We were when we went into. The, I mean, that was one of my main things. Like at the tail end of the process, is kind of looking at the soul of the album and being like, "Oh, do we all need to check ourselves into like a clinic or something?" Because like we just had we're a all, lot of stuff going lot of on. Yeah, that we had to sort through. Does it feel like a very stark? transition as you guys as listeners like going from deities to careers like do you feel like oh this band got serious <laughs> no i think it, it feels like a natural transition you know like i dare say it's more musically complex but all the charm of chamber band everything that i love about what you guys do is very present on this record and it's simply a different piece of your spectrum and you've been touring you've been playing you've been getting bigger and better and this is the end result, and yeah, and it feels like a natural progression. That's dope. Thanks, Cap. Yeah, 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 thanks, Cap. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of, are we going too overboard in recording this and like doing this? I think it has a fantastic pacing. The kind of acoustic, Baker Boy, that moment where it's character reflection before the insanity of 
the victory tour and the Hunger Games starts and then you get to Love Letter and it's like those moments in the film where Katniss is sitting on a beach moping about, (laughs) you know, in her own head with her thoughts and then suddenly bombs are going off and the chaos starts again. It really has the feel of sitting and watching those films sitting and reading those books where one minute it's quiet and reflective and the next minute all hell's breaking loose. Mm. The order of the songs, the way it's been recorded, I think really, really does reflect on the world that you've tried to write in. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. saying that. That's yeah. lovely to hear. The day the Kickstarter got like funded completely, you know, past the threshold, we played the craziest show in the world my god, it was, we did! Yeah, it's this... Like that bizarre bar show. Yeah, we played with um, mm, this company, Folk Circus, wrote an entire burlesque performance to deities. Whoa. Choreographed song by song. Yeah, Choreographed with a story. With stories. It was like They had an fire, MC narrator. And MC yeah. narrator, yeah. there were aerialists, contortionists, fire breathers. Uh, <laughs> and deities is not... Boobs. This might be a controversial opinion. But Deities to me is not a sexy album. So when you see some, I mean, I like a person dressed as an elf, you know, barely clad, as much as an expert. She was dressed as Link. She made me. That's what made it work for me. Yeah, but it was a little, yeah, it's a little surreal to have those that kind of counterpart to um, this lively asexual kind of music. Yeah, and then the album, the album, we like literally the last dollar came in on the album as we were sound checking, and we were like, well. It's going to be a weird time. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why we do what we do. We like being surprised. We like having these new challenges in front of us. I think we all like tackling that kind of stuff. And for sure, having those moments of just being like, how did we get here? (laughs) There's just no, there's no way of like, like going back and figuring out what happened. Just, we are here now. And this is, we just have to kind of deal with it and enjoy the moment. Yeah. Yeah. We work so well under pressure. Like I feel like we're better when the chips are down than anything else. Yeah, when we have a lot of time to sit there and just think about things. You guys so, may have noticed in this interview, we, yeah, we, we are very <laughs> self-reflective. And <laughs> <laughs> What comes next? Uh, it's kind of question marky. We're going to be writing and traveling around in October, November. But um, we have a lot of new songs. You know, we're toying in the world of H.G. Wells. We're toying in kind of Victorian stuff, playing with time travel stuff. Things that are bordering on what's scientifically possible and what's magically plausible. Right. That's a great way of putting it. Mm-hmm. So we haven't really settled on any sort of like single property, if we're going to settle on a property at all. But we are definitely on the same page into what we're interested in. I mean, we're looking at a lot of different stuff right now. Just why the Hunger Games? It's because it spoke to us at that time. And we have to kind of see what speaks to us now because it's such a huge commitment. And, it, you know, in two years from now, we'll, you know, we'll be talking to the nerdy show and <laughs> reaction <laughs> why we decided, you know, it has to have some sort of meaning, it has to, have some sort of meaning to yeah. us because yeah, sure. it's a long, long ride and we, we have to live with that choice for our creative lives. So it's, it's heavy. Yeah. Different sound. Musically, we know more than we know. Yeah. For sure. Which is an interesting place to be. I don't know how other bands do it. But for us, just having some sort of text, some sort of bedrock, some sort of idea that we're all in its kind of gravitational pull. And some yeah. of us are kind of in a, a looser orbit than others. Kyle was saying that it was just like about his life and that he's just, he just lived it. Kyle from Kirby Crackle. 
Same that it was just like, I live this nerd life. Right. This is about my life. And that's this nerd life is my life. Shout out to Kirby Crackle. Shout out. Major, yeah, Major shout out to Kirby Crackle. Oh, shit. But that's yeah. what makes his thing different from us, but it shares mm-hmm. that commonality and that he's writing about what's important to him in that moment. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a lens through which he sees his own life. And that quote unquote nerdy stuff is just, it's just a topping on top of something that is meaty for yeah. him, you know? And when you start writing songs that are just about the references and just about pandering, that's when you're in trouble. And that's yeah. what we're always trying to not do. And I'm grateful for it. <laughs> it has its place, but there's certainly enough of it. There's enough of it. There's yeah. a lot of it out there. Chamber Band, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, thank you, guys. Good night, guys. Thanks so much, Chamber Band, for chilling with us. We hope you enjoyed this hangout session, and we hope you'll track down Chamber Band if they're coming through your town in the future. And don't forget, you can hear Chamber Band and many other artists at nerdy.fm. If you dug this interview, dig Nerdy FM, or any of our programming here on the Nerdy Show Network, we're listener-supported. You can subscribe to us on Patreon to score early releases, hours of bonus content, including outtakes from this episode and outtakes from our last session with Chamber Band, and lots of other awesome perks, and that's at patreon.com slash nerdyshow. You can also support the network by shopping on Amazon. Just head to nerdyshow.com slash Amazon and click through to do your shopping. Keep it in mind for those holiday buying sprees, It's a great way to buy all the awesome stuff you're already going to get while giving Nerdy Show a lovely gift in return. We've got t-shirts and role-playing gear at the Nerdy Show store, and when in doubt, you can always tell a friend about us. That would be super rad. Next week is our Every Other Week format where we talk about anything and everything from the nerd world. And uh, this upcoming episode, we're talking about Back to the Future, Rock Band 4, Reptilians, and a lot of other galactic funk. So be sure to check that out in a week's time and uh, hit up last week's episode too where we perhaps said too much about how to harness the raw power of coolness. Thanks so much for listening. What are we going to close on, Lauren? Taking us out, we're going to listen to my favorite track, Victory Tour. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Lauren.
listening to nerdy show if you like what you heard please rate and review us on itunes or like and follow us on soundcloud as listener supported entertainment we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the nerdy show network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via patreon any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes episodes and images from across the network and there's even more perks available just head to patreon.com slash nerdy show to find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other nerdy show programming visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships you can subscribe to Nerdy Show via iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a comment, like and share, and follow Nerdy Show on all your favorite social networks. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, we got it covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.